cartoons with your wacky hosts, Cord and Kalen. Hey guys, that was weird. And this is your, one of your hosts, Cord, joined here with my buddy Kalen. And we are here to give you the fun. I hope you're ready to receive it. Kalen, can you break down what we do here at Saturday Cartoons? Well, besides just having tons of fun, what we like to do here is bring people back to the decade and specific day of the week that really honors what it meant to be a kid in the 90s. We like to dive into those nostalgic snacks and items and toys and games. And then we like to dive even deeper into those iconic cartoon shows that everybody loves and remembers and just bring somebody listening back that moment of joy what it felt like to be a child once again and relive that saturday morning experience no matter what day of the week it is that's exactly right if you are not down for a good time stop the podcast now go find something else because we are here to deliver the fun uh let's go (laughs) Okay, Kaylin, let's just do a quick little breakdown of where we're going in this this episode of Saturday Cartoons every week as we continue to evolve this. It gets a little bit different. Um, Give us that quick little bullet point outline of where we're going to take our listeners on the journey today. Well, the way the journey is going to start is it is Cord's Week to present a nostalgic item of the week, which can be anything from a 90s snack to a game, to a toy, to an iconic moment from the 90s. I, or the opposite person of that week, will not know what's being presented until we are live. That's just a way to get us down that memory lane. And once we're down there, we're gonna take a nice little stroll along the brick road through one of the episodes of one of those iconic shows of the 90s. This season, we're covering Darkwing Duck, Um, And then after we cover a few chunks of that, we'll be moving on and diving into each episode where uh, we split it and one of us will start, the other one will finish and vice versa, just to get a good overall feeling of what that episode was back then and what it could mean now and all that's in between. So we are ready to take you to memory lane as long as you are ready to go with us. That's exactly right. And what we learned, I think, as we keep going is... Do, trying to, to pack in two episodes of a cartoon into one episode of podcast can be a bit much. Uh, I saw it last week's episode got it to like an hour and 12 minutes or something. Not only does that make a lot of work for post-production, it makes for a long listen. So we're going to try to get into just kind of one episode, give you more of the broader strokes rather than maybe every little detail about the episode and kind of uh, give you our our takeaways that we had from certain segments or from the episode as a whole, um, just to not quite go as deep of a dive into whatever cartoon series we're watching at that time, um, but just give you that more kind of broad strokes and some takeaways uh, as opposed to that, that super kind of dissecting uh, format we had the last couple episodes. So we're listening to your feedback. If you have thoughts, if you have feedback, we would love to hear it. We are official. We have an email address. <laughs> you can't get more official than that. We don't have an actual mailing address. That might be more official. So we're almost there. We're I mean, like this halfway. Is, yeah, this, that would actually be kind of cool. We should probably 
open like one of those box, up, like a like P.O. box, boxes where you somewhere in the middle between you and me, and we'll just take turns driving to it. And, and then we could have mail. opening episodes. We got junk mail today. Let's read it to the fans. <laughs> you asked for this. <laughs> There's a new car on sale. Um, yeah, so you can email us your thoughts on the episode, suggestions. We want to hear it. We want to hear your feedback. Uh, and also, if you had any counterpoints, we will maybe dig into some of your feedback as we get it in the episodes, that listener feedback. You can email us at Saturday cartoons pod at gmail.com saturday cartoons pod at gmail.com hit us up give us your thoughts give us your takeaways give us your suggestions tell us we suck that's fine <laughs> maybe we'll read that on the air yeah. who knows but keep it clean ladies and gentlemen <laughs> any press is good press is what i've heard in the in the business i think they call it i that they they do say that in the business and so far i can tell you um, given what I've been seeing in the press lately, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go, we're not going to get too into that because we're here to have fun and be jolly. <laughs> we're your escape from them. From the Where world. They, basically everything that you see when you turn on the TV, listen into here and uh, just kind of escape with us for a little while. And then maybe you'll jump on one of those streaming platforms, watch a little Saturday cartoons and remember when the world was just simpler. Okay, so for our first segment, maybe the best part of the whole show. I don't know. We might I'm nervous, to... I, but I love this part as well. I think we, this we, is super fun. We could like expand on this in the future and like make it even a bigger part of the, yep. the show. So for our first segment, this is where Caitlin doesn't know what item I have selected to cover. I'm going to get his thoughts, his feelings, his experience with this item. There's always the chance it's a complete whiff and he's never even heard of the thing. I, I know him pretty well. I know the nineties pretty well. I think these are things that he'll have experienced just like him taking the gamble last week with Tamagotchi. Um, that was a gamble. Luckily paid off. Yes. Thank God. Ugh, paid off for all of you listeners out there too, because what right? a fun walk down memory lane that was. They're still available on Amazon. I almost bought one. <laughs> I, kind of, I think they should send us one. I would Tamagotchi, whoever makes those, I will review one on the pod. All five of our listeners will hear it and probably jump right on Amazon and buy themselves one. So just consider Which that. I, I mean, Saturday I don't know why you wouldn't. Pod. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just send it on over. Um, okay. So this week's item, I'm going to give you a couple clues. See if you can discern what the item is before I give you um, some questions about it. Now, remember, so, this didn't work very well for me last week because you came up with a goldfish. Just a foyer warning. It took a weird turn, <laughs> um, but you kind of left it pretty like you opened the barn doors and mm. this horse went, man, gotcha. he went in a freaking weird direction. And so that's going to happen. I'm going to lead you little breadcrumbs, little breadcrumbs. To, okay. to the item this week. Okay. Your, if you can get it in under three clues, I will do my best to procure this item for you and make sure it gets to you there up in uh, the land of wonder. Um, so your first clue, are you ready? Yes. <clears throat> this item you might have consumed on a Saturday morning as you're sitting down 
to watch your favorite cartoon series? That's clue number one. Do I have to guess that's, after every clue? You can guess. I mean, that's obviously pretty wide open. You get one guess after clue one. Well, I would always sit... I'm thinking of an object you've already mentioned several times in off-air, but I would always sit down with a bowl of Lucky Charms. Okay. It's not Lucky Charms. <laughs> but you're actually not totally, totally cold. I mean, you're somewhere not exactly burning up equator, but somewhere between the North Pole and um, bringing it. So, okay. second clue. They came in an assortment of flavors and combinations. Well, the only thing I can think of now are like the Flintstone cereal, like Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Pebbles, another Solid cereal. Guess. Solid guess. You, here's where you've erred so far. You're, you're, <laughs> you're right on with the, um, some of the flavors and the colorful kind of nature where you're erring is you're, you're keeping it too breakfast contained. Um, yes, breakfast cereal was a staple of our Saturday mornings, <laughs> but sometimes you dig into the snack cupboard, which is right next to the cereal cupboard. Yep, and that's right where you're going to, that's where you're going to be a little hotter on this one. So okay. your final clue, clue this. number three, if you don't get it, we end the episode right now. Perfect. We're done. I go do post. It'll be the quickest post I've ever done. We're going to get this thing up and it's over. And then the viewers have to decide whatever it was. Right. Are we never cast <laughs> again? I'm not going to tell anybody. They're just going <laughs> to have to keep guessing. Okay. Your final clue. The mascot for this item comes from a land down under. Well, now I really think it's what I think it is. I, I it? think it's Dunkaroos. It's Dunkaroos! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Uh, yeah, of course it's Dunkaroos. It is, yes, I knew you were probably going to already have that in mind because I've texted you about it already. Mm -hmm. But it's so timely because there is some big news about Dunkaroos that the listeners need to know if they weren't already aware. And I think a lot of the population isn't aware. So those five people that are listening, they are in for a treat. Literally. When I get to the end of this segment. Absolutely. So to start things off, Dunkaroos, Kaylin, take me back. Were you a Dunkaroo snack consumer? I have never tasted and or had a Dunkaroo in my life. That's one of the saddest things <laughs> I've heard in the last month. I uh, feel so bad with how the hype I've been getting from you all week about mm -hmm. Dunkaroos and all that, mm -hmm. I was never allotted those kind of, as my mom and dad would call it, fancy snacks mm -hmm. with the frosting and the dips and the, the sticks and the crackers and the cookies. I always knew what they were because I always envied mm -hmm. them, but I have yet to experience the true nature of a Dunkaroo. It's, it's sad that you missed out on those treats um, as I'll point out here in a minute, they they were discontinued um, as a snack in the United States. But <clears throat> there is light at the end of the tunnel. I'll get there. Um, this is a, a delicious little snack. I didn't eat them all the time. I'm kind of like you is where mom wouldn't keep those around. Plus, I was pretty overweight as a kid, and we tried to keep the amount of those kind of snacks to a minimum because, frankly, you, you put a pack of those in the cupboard, and the pack's going to be gone in three days 
tops. Like there's a real binge eating problem with yours truly. <laughs> and those Dunkaroos wouldn't have stood a chance. I mean, they're just too small, too many calories in, in a compact little size. You know, at least give me the the hostess um, like Swiss cake rolls mm. or the nutty bars or something. At least those, while unhealthy, will fill you up a little more. They were a little girthier. Yeah, girth. You get the girth. Get, gets in your gut and kind of fills you a little bit. Not going to stop me from chain eating four or five in a row. No. But, you know, when we get into the cost comparison, you kind of get it. I get it, Mom. But there's always those times where maybe somebody brought them to a, a friend's sleepover or, you know, you're swinging by a buddy's house after school or whatever that is. I did have some encounters with the wonderful Dunkaroos. Great snack. Great memories. The, the staple Dunkaroo the the most common if you will the original it's kind of a um a vanilla cracker with a d on it and you dip it into a frosting um a very very healthy frosting uh for the time uh, <laughs> of high fructose corn syrup and a lot of saturated fats and um and confetti and that's the healthy part yeah but you, you dip it in there, you get the pack of the cookies, you dip it in the frosting. If you if you played your cards right at the very end, you didn't basically over dip up until that point. And that last cookie, you can really cake on the frosting. Mm. Just load that sucker up so it's basically a little crunchy cake in your hand. Oh, you man. know, And you just pop that guy down. Or maybe you've got a little bit left around the ridges in there. And you give that packet kind of a little tongue in the packet lick out that frosting job yum town look out that's probably the best part honestly i uh, even though i've never had a dunkaroo i do know the experience of like when you get those like kind of self-served one person kind of snacks that have yep. like some sort of dipping sauce and some sort of dipper sure. and i've experienced the same thing where you either hope that there's enough left for that big massive bite at the end mm -hmm. or yeah you just dive in to get all of it with like a pinky or your tongue to get all the rest of the whatever dipping sauce is as long as it's like you know tasty i don't think i would do that with salsa but like frosting i would be there. yeah you're right it's probably something not healthy whatever the sauce or whatever you're dipping in is um same thing applies to like you know even um those those crackers with the cheese dip that you used a little stick um same principle, absolutely. And you know, maybe there's some kind of a lesson to be learned there. Like, if you looked at a, a lunch table and gave every kid a pack of Dunkaroos around the table and watched them consume the Dunkaroos, look at the kids who ate all their frosting first and like are now eating a raw cookie at the end with Animals. no frosting. Straight up monsters. Right? There's those kids. Then there's the kids that like ended with just the right amount of frosting. It's a perfect swipe with their last little dip in the cup. And then there's those kids who ate their cookies and like half the frosting is left in the cup and he is in for a treat because he's going to go in there either with his fingers or his tongue or maybe trade it to a friend. I don't know for, for another thing, a card of some sort, whatever. And then track those kids into the future. See how they do 20 years down the road. And my money is on those little guys that did the savings. They're the ones driving the Tesla. Yep. They're the ones rocking a fresh new pair of L.A. Lights sneakers, you know, and the guys who who had no frosting after like cookie number three. Yep. They are uh, being um, retrained in a state penitentiary somewhere. That's that's <laughs> my guess on what, 
you, you just kind of those things just carry with you for life. You can you see at an early age where people the roads they're choosing, all buy a pack of Dunkaroos. Proposed psychological experiment. I'm just saying, guys, if you yeah. want to do it, go ahead. Just give me credit in the you know the the you know how they give like little like special acknowledgments at the end of those like scientific yeah, the publications. Case study. Yeah, you need to yep. get credit for the idea. Saturday cartoons. Um, maybe give us a heads up. Saturday cartoons pod at gmail.com. So really excited about that email address. If you can't tell. Yeah, no, it's email. a great one. It's this is the episode where we got the email address. <laughs> this is actually the title of the episode. Um, so back to the, the, the good old Dunkaroos. Um, these were a snack food from uh, the brand Betty Crocker. Good old Betty. She made lots of those tasty 90s snacks. She's still out there, still kicking. She's not as quite as healthy as she used to be, but who is? You know, who right. is? Betty's still going. She's owned by General Mills. Came out around 1990. I think one side I read, technically, it was 1988, but it really picked up in the 90s. And yeah. that's when they launched their ad campaigns. And the ad campaigns took them to the next level. They starred this wild, extremely excited Australian kangaroo named Sydney, if you recall. I think Sydney is maybe solely responsible for the success of the brand that made it such a staple for kids in the 90s um, because he just sold the crap out of these things. I don't know what Sydney is doing now, like what he's trying to hawk, but we, you know, if you are a brand manager, you need to reach out. This yeah, guy, he's ready. He, he knows how to sell um, better than the flex <laughs> tape guy or the sham wow dude. Like Sydney, Sydney will sell it. The Dunkaroos. Yep. I mean, they even. Put, I mean, they named the city after him. I'm. I mean, I'm not 100 percent on that, but I'm pretty sure Sydney, Australia, is, is named after, after Sydney the Dunkaroo. from Dunkaroo. They. I haven't verified that, but it checks out to me. I think that's. We'll just go ahead and say it's okay. Accurate. It's real. Yes. Um. So. These uh, cookies did come in a variety of shapes throughout the years. Uh, the most common was actually a hot air balloon shape. I believe Sydney might have floated around a hot air balloon in the commercials. Mm. Um, and other shapes included a circle with the uppercase D on the center. Um, and sometimes you'd have Sydney in different poses. Just a whole bunch of different ones they did. They also did some brand tie-ins over the years, um, such as SpongeBob and then towards the towards the dark days the end they got on with a couple movies like shark tale or something that came out and uh mega mind i'm not sure that those were exactly like staple movies from dreamworks so maybe some misses there didn't pay off um so here's something kind of interesting uh the dunkaroos uh mascot the kangaroo sydney he was a character caricature of a modern australian creature he looked kind of cool he had a hat he had a vest and a tie um you know pretty much what i expect an australian to look like as a kid in iowa in the 90s mm, okay. um, you know just right out of right out of my imagination here's where i think things started to unravel for for dunkaroos and it all comes back to this mascot sydney with his hat his tie kind of a formal like outback um, kangaroo. Well, he got replaced. We don't know why. We don't know what happened. You know, this was before a lot of the Me Too stuff. So was it a sexual scandal? Maybe, but I'm guessing not. Most of that stuff got like swept under the rug back then. But all of a sudden in 1996, with pretty much no warning, Dunkaroos holds a contest 
that was called Dunkaroo's Kangaroo Kangahoo Search. I like to call it the beginning of the end. I, that's how it feels. When you just described it, I felt like everything was coming to an end. Yeah. So they, they launched this contest in 96 at the height, probably the peak of their sales of these cookies. And all of a sudden, a new mascot is announced. And it's this kangaroo who is what's kind of on their labeling today. And he's like this cooler daredevil kind of got like a um, American nineties look to him with like the sweatshirt with the front pocket and the backwards hat and mm. some like green and pink colors. Like I'm so nineties. Yeah. yeah. That resulted in the continued demise in their sales. This wasn't helped by the fact that it was in the late nineties when parents were starting to wake up and you know, like the FDA was starting to put restrictions on how advertising to kids could be done. And, and there's, you know, trying to, to limit how you target kids on those unhealthier snacks. Um, you know, the cigarettes went pretty quick and then the, 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 police were on to let's crack down on the tasty snacks that make kids fat. I mean, that's frankly, if you eat too many of them, that is what will happen. (laughs) Uh, so they start cracking down those things combined. The, the sudden firing of their, their longtime mascot that brought them to fame and the kind of the, the general health shift that took place in the nineties towards healthier foods the obesity crisis every night you turn on dateline fat kids everywhere oh my gosh (laughs) it just steered people away from snacks like this which led to um in 2012 their demise they stopped selling dunkaroos in the united states they kept selling them in canada for a while um even in in 2016 they tried this like little viral campaign uh, where they went about like trying to get basically people to smuggle ruse, which is when a Canadian goes back to the U.S., which apparently they do a lot, to smuggle Dunkaroos to their American friends who want Dunkaroos because they can't get it. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a long shot. Like, was that really going to result in that many more sales Dang. in Canada? Like, it's not being sold in the U.S. So I get it. They tried. Uh, it didn't really go anywhere. And then they eventually stopped selling Dunkaroos in Canada in 2018. There was very little comment on this. In fact, it's so quiet, um, the demise of this this once staple brand, that it's almost a little weird mm-hmm. in that there was no major statements or anything made about it. It's hard to get, I've looked at some articles, it's hard for journalists to get comments about the cookies that, you know, what happened, what took place, some of the advertising ideas, things like that. So I want to flash forward to, to a little bit more recent, um, 2019, a special licensing thing got done of all places in Australia where they had, they had the rights, uh, Nestle, um, you know, global brand yep. to sell Dunkaroos down there. And they sold a, uh, a biscuit shaped kangaroo, with the, the dipping sauce, and they also had a, like a, basically a Nutella version. I guess they like hazelnut down there, down mm. under. And so the Aussies could have Dunkaroos um, as recent as last year. Are you ready for the plot twist? 
I'm ready and I'm hoping it's a good one because I've been on this emotional roller coaster of wondering if they're even going to make a comeback because I feel like they disappeared from the earth. And I want to know what's going on. What's next for them? What's well, the twist? I'll tell you the twist if you answer this question for me. If Deal. Dunkaroos were to make a comeback this time around, you missed the train 20 years ago. Will you jump on this time around and try a pack of Dunkaroos? I will not only try a pack, I will be the conductor to make sure that train is running smoothly and throughout the entire country. Choo-choo! Choo-choo! <laughs> train! Dunkaroo train! Choo-choo-choo-choo-choo! I call the caboose. <laughs> uh, oh. With that, Dunkaroos are coming back, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, as you listen to this, they might very well be in a store near you. There's not a lot of clarity exactly where they're selling these, except we know they've been found in 7-Elevens. I think maybe specifically along the East Coast 7-Elevens, which maybe there's more 7-Elevens over there. Headquarters is probably like around New York or something, whatever. Um, there are spottings. Dunkaroos has a website, dunkaroos.com. Check it out. Um, what's really cool actually about their website, I was looking at it earlier, it is all set up in like a 90s style website. Love what it. you would expect. Like they're really leaning into the nostalgia thing. Good on them. Good on uh, them. So honestly, even if you don't want a pack of Dunkaroos, you should swing by the Dunkaroos.com because it's a really cool little glimpse back of the 90s. Somebody built this recently, but it feels like a 90s website in every way, including like the text and everything. Like it's, it's just straight 97 all over again when you get on there. Um, and they also have a pretty active Twitter account. In fact, just uh, last week, I think it was, they hosted, it's kind of a little PR thing, a big, large online trivia um, that mm. was hosted by the guy from Good Burger. Is it Kel or Keenan? I forget. I Which one? Is up. it the one on SNL? The SNL guy. Keenan, yep. Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson you know, 90s staple from Nickelodeon and whatnot, hosted a trivia for Dunkaroos. I didn't get to catch it, unfortunately. The uh, four-month-old baby kept me away, but it sounded cool. Good for them. They're trying. They're really leaning hard on the 90s thing. I can't wait for it to come to a store. There's no 7-Elevens out here, so if they don't get into more stores, I'm going to have to drive to New York. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I'll be there with you. Um, I thought 7-Elevens were an urban legend. Um, but if they're real <laughs> and they have Dunkaroos, it's it's a road trip since airplanes aren't very this very safe right now. But um, I got a bike and I can get a car and I can get some Dunkaroos. We should call ahead to make sure the Seven Heaven Eleven hasn't been looted yet. <laughs> True, that they would probably be take all the dunks. The worst road trip ever. If that that we suck. get there. All right, we got to go home. The Dunkaroos are officially looted. Um, that's it, folks. That's your your item of the day. Uh, we'll let you know. We'll give you updates if there's developments in the future where either Kaylin or I find ourselves a pack of Dunkaroos or Betty Crocker slash General Mills. If you're listening, Saturday morning, <laughs> Saturday cartoons pod at gmail.com. We would love to eat, be the first podcast of 2020 to eat Dunkaroos into the microphone and tell the listeners 
our experience of the consumption of the Dunkaroo. And they'll hear every crunch and, and bite and swallow and chew. It'll be a Dunkaroo ASMR to the max. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, ASMR. Oh, yeah. People stream it. It's where they do things and they have a mic that's really sensitive. So you hear every oh. little noise. It's supposed to be relaxing or weird. But if we're going to eat food on mic, we might as well make it special. Yeah, well, sounds great. <laughs> I'm excited. Hey, hit us up, Dunkaroos. We'd love to feature um, your your product here on Saturday Cartoons. Is boy, they pair so nicely. Caitlin, are you ready to get into the next segment? I am ready to break down this episode. I'm also very hungry for some Dunkaroos, so I hope we get some. But yes, I am totally ready to break down this controversial episode i think Mm, if that isn't a teaser i don't know what is we'll be right back all right welcome back to saturday cartoons we are on to our main meat and potato section of the episode where cord and i are going to dive into one of the iconic cartoon episodes of the 90s Um, So far, we have been focusing on the show Darkwing Duck. So, if you're ready to get dangerous, this week we are covering episode 35 from season 1. And that is, again, I just want to stress, we go off of the Disney Plus rotation of episodes, because sometimes they can be off depending on your streaming platform. So, season 1, episode 35, Life. The Negaverse and everything. That's a playoff of something, right? Like some popular novel or book or movie or something, right? So, I don't know. But I feel like it should be. Otherwise, I thought it was a really wacky title. I figured there's something. I didn't even Google this and research enough. But like something out there that's called like Life the universe and everything or something that it's a play off of. It could literally be that. It, it very well could be because <laughs> negaverse universe, like it, if, if you know what this thing is, go ahead and email us Saturday cartoons. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we'll Google it after the episode and feel like idiots for not knowing it. Uh, but it, it, it has to have a connection to something that we should know, Yeah. but neither, um, 30, three-year-old me knows, nor did seven-year-old me know. Absolutely. I agree. It definitely has to be linked to something. What that something is, stay tuned. Cliffhanger. So before I dive into this episode, what we want to do is kind of do an introduction of all the main characters. Now, normally in any other Darkwing Duck episode, this would be fairly easy. Um, Usually there's around four or five. This episode... We got the whole batch, which we're going to get into, um, and I, I'll start listing what they are and who they are um, as we go through, and it brings us to one of our topics of why this might be appealing to some viewers watching the episode and might not to others, um, but basically, we start this episode with every criminal in the city, apparently they had just done a heist, and now they're spreading their loot out, everyone's taking their own share you could say. And therefore, we are introduced right away to Negaduck, Liquidator, Quackerjack, Bushroot, 
and megavolts. Now, I think a really I'm really fun- glad you got all their names down because I would have been like um, Evil Darkwing Duck, uh, <laughs> yeah. Water Dog, uh, Plant Guy, um, the funny clown Joker character, and uh, Electro uh, thing. Electro so, dude. You getting the names, bravo. This is why we make a good team. I don't <laughs> I don't get into those details, but my God, I knew you would. You had me covered. It was quite a feat. It was quite fun. Um, and I also think it could be a, a real cool game of is it or is it not a Darkwing Duck villain where we make up and mix in other names that we've come up with because these names are very descriptive and weird and amazing. But... Mm-hmm. Different subject there. So basically, all these guys are splitting up their loot. They're all happy. Ha ha, we just did something. We don't know what they did, but they got a lot of different things. And basically, Negaduck just comes out and is like, see you later, losers. Like, I, I'm leaving. I got my big old bag of money. Peace out. Like, I don't want to be around you anymore. And the other four of them are like, dude. Aren't we going to hang out? Why can't we come with you? Like, what's what's the big deal? And Negaduck just straight up, like, tells them, like, you guys are the worst. You guys are losers. I don't want to be associated with you. All these other four still, like, they don't get the, the concept of what he's saying. Even though it's super direct, he's literally calling them a loser to their face. None of the other four guys get it. They're like, what does that even mean? Yeah, they had a hard time accepting it. I... I think it's pretty clear he, because of his personality, takes on the leadership role of the Fearsome Five. Mm-hmm. Very clear. He's their leader. And then they just do this job together. The team pulled off this criminal heist or whatever it was. And they want to celebrate with their leader. And, yep. yeah, let's go. You know, maybe find some girls, have, have a couple bottles of bubbly, you know, get crunk up in the club, what have you. And he's telling them basically go to heck we're trying to make the show more kid friendly i was ready to make the beep sound if you started making a word with your mouth that was go ahead and next time just beep for me scream it okay yep just just yell at the beep um so i can almost understand their confusion Mm -hmm. he wasn't he, he clearly didn't want them to follow him. He wasn't clear as to the why. Like, yep. I need to be alone for a while because I have some top secret stuff I need to do you guys can't know about. It's pretty creepy. You know, that would leave them to wonder what he's up to, but they probably wouldn't end up following him, which they ultimately do. Exactly. So even after he tells them, I don't need you guys right now. Leave me alone. I'm leaving. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They finally register that he's not saying where he's going because he must be going to his secret hideout and he wants to get away from them and he doesn't want them to know. And then I believe it's either Bushroot or Megavolt who goes, well, we could just follow him Mm -hmm. and then they would know where his secret hideout is. So then it just cuts from that scene. We got Negaduck leaving somewhere. We got the Fearsome Four left and they're deciding, hey, this guy doesn't want to hang out with us. We're going to follow him. So then we cut to Darkwing, and he is sleeping on the couch where we get his rambunctious adopted daughter, Goslin, coming in, flying in on him, waking him up, saying, you got to get up. We're going to Honker's birthday party. 
um, Honker, who is, you know, I would say Goslin's best friend, if not only friend. It it does seem that those two are pretty much the friends throughout the series. Honker and Goslin, boom. Exactly. And then once that's said, Darkwing instantly is like, I, I'm not going. Goslin, go with Launchpad. He'll love it. I'm. I don't like the Muddlefoots, which is the which is Honker's parents. That's their family name. I don't like them. He kind of has that like grumpy old man vibe, like another nostalgic movie of just like I hate my neighbors. Ugh, I don't want to hang out with them. They're annoying and obnoxious. Um, we get that feel from Darkwing, and Goslin's like, "Well, you have to take me because Launchpad's getting this cake, and I need to go. Otherwise, I'm not going to clean my room." Which Darkwing responds, well, you never clean your room, so doomed if you do, doomed if you don't. So he says, fine, I'm going to take you because Launchpad's getting the cake, which obviously then we have to pan to Launchpad getting the cake, which is the first moment I would say in in this episode where I saw something that I thought was authentically 90s cartoon. Mm. We're with Launchpad in this bakery, and first of all, he gets this cake that's obviously humongous. Like, Launchpad's a huge dude, and this is like a four-tier cake that's just mm-hmm. huge. Bigger than says, any wedding cake I've ever seen at a wedding for 100 people. It's obnoxious. It's like one of those fake cakes that they put a lady in, and then she pops out, but it's made of real cake. I thought there might be a lady in this one. And there might be, um, but she's definitely not going to pop out. So when we, we go to Launchpad with this cake and he goes, he tastes it and he goes, mmm, peanut butter, honey, and sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I feel like I've heard before in other cartoons or other like childhood movies is there's always this like super tasty sounding something. And they always throw in this like third ingredient that does not fit. But the character seems to think it's like the best thing in the world. A really weird, often savory thing to go with these sweet things or a sweet thing to go on this savory thing. Exactly. An- another example is often like in the Ninja Turtle episodes, Michelangelo would often get the weirdest crap on his pizza. Yes. You know, it's got candy on it or something or anchovies. Ooh. And it's like a, a, a thing for simple kids maybe like that get a – a reaction out of them like ew i don't know yep sauerkraut i don't even know what that is but it sounds yucky yeah and it, they they definitely have launch pad as kind of the comic relief so him saying it and then there's like the slight pause where you'd hear the like but um kind of noise like this is where you laugh or you go ew like this is weird like mm-hmm. it was definitely very nostalgic for me at least i i recognized not the line specifically but what they were trying to achieve there with the like Here's a, an apple, peach, hot dog pie. Like it just, there's always that one weird ingredient. So one, that sounds really good. <laughs> he might be onto something. And two, good catch on that. I didn't, I didn't take that away. I totally see it now. Well done. Yeah, no, I definitely, that was one of the one, if not only things I caught. But <laughs> Launchpad is carrying this giant cake. So of course he can't see around it. So Negaduck actually walks in the, ba- the bakery with his giant loot. Walks right past Launchpad, who doesn't see him. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, Launchpad didn't see you. Goofy, blah, blah, blah. But then the foursome four, who are following Negaduck, 
all come rushing in and they kind of bump into launch pads. So he sees those four and is like, uh-oh, this is bad. Like, they're the bad guys. I got to tell DW. Like, I better hurry up and, you know, go there. So we flash back to Darkwing and he he's at this barbecue. And again, it's very 90s, like, I hate my neighbor, but I'm hanging out with them. Yeah, and this was a common trope in the 90s of the main character being annoyed at the neighbor who he's having to grill out at. The neighbor's usually a big guy for yep. some reason, and he's jolly and actually like wants the affection of this main character. It's totally something you would have seen in sitcoms and other cartoon series over and over again, and that's very much what's happening here. Only in this case, the main character who's miserable happens to be a superhero. Exactly. And I think you pointed out a really good um, point is the the archetypes that we're facing are this kind of like grumpy main character, so Darkwing, and this really kind of lovable, I wouldn't say naive, but he doesn't register the the distaste from the main character. He's like, I made burgers and we have cake and we're like, he's in his own little happy world with his wife and his kids. And then this other character, Darkwing at this time is just like in his own living heck right now. He just doesn't want to be there. And so he's looking for a way out, which brings in Launchpad, who's like, DW, DW. Before we get into this with the cake Uh and the, oh, there's a line that he says here that when I get into my segment, I want to make sure we don't miss. Oh, God. And at one point, Darkwing says, what, what's the family's name? Is it Muddlefoots? Mm-hmm. Okay. He says uh, uh, to himself, self-narrating as he often does, I hate the Muddlefoots. And that's clearly where he's at in this this what to some would seem like a beautiful backyard barbecue with friends and food and kids. He is absolutely miserable. Enter our good friend Launchpad. Yes. No, I'm glad you emphasized that line. I see where that one's going. So yeah, he hates the Muddlefoots and that's a very explicitly said by Darkwing. So when Launchpad arrives, sets down the cake, all that good stuff and tells DW, hey, crime's afoot. That's DW's way of getting out. So he causes a distraction by actually tripping one of the Muddlefoot's older sons into the cake so he can say, oh, I better go get a new cake. I ruined it. So he can fly off and save the day, but more importantly for him, escape the barbecue that he's having to experience. How do you think you know, in his head, he justified that. Like if, if we're being real, you're at a kid's birthday party, not even your own kids. Like it'd be bad enough. If it was your own kid, but it's your, like your neighbor's kid. And in order to create a distraction to escape the party, you trip some poor dumb fat kid into <laughs> the birthday cake, destroying the cake for everybody. Yep. What a, really low thing to do. I'm sorry. Like he's, he's trying to justify it probably in his head of like, Oh, I'm going to go stop bad guys. Yeah. That's, you know, doing more good than the bad I'm doing by tripping this kid into a cake. Right. But, uh, it's pretty eh, morally questionable. I'll just put exactly. it that way. 
No, that's a good point. It's definitely questionable. He has no second thoughts about it. He's like, this is the only way I'm escaping. Trip, you're down. Ruin the cake. Needless to say, nobody ever really questions what happened. Because, again, they're kind of that, that family of, like, living in bliss type of thing. So they don't question it. Darkwing flies away, goes to the bakery where he is facing this kind of dispute. So we go to the bakery before Darkwing shows up. And we see the, the fearsome four facing Negaduck and saying, we found you, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? Is this your secret hideout? And as they're talking, Darkwing shows up in his big cloud of smoke, um, all his little catchphrases. And Negaduck uses that as another reason to dislike these other four by saying, you four are basically the reason Darkwing's here, which is actually true, because Launchpad never saw Negaduck. He only saw the other four. So he's like, what are you doing? This is really stupid. You just brought them to my secret lair. So again, in the, in the good faith, I guess, the four are like, well, we'll show you, Negaduck. We'll, we'll take care of Darkwing for you to show you that you can like us and hang out with us. They grab him. And they toss them in this cake that's like, again, huge. But this time the top's open and there's all this glowy light coming out of it. And they just toss Darkwing right into there, which you would maybe think was either a portal or maybe like a, it was baking and he would have been killed. Mm -hmm. um, but it shoots him into this other world. So it is a portal that literally takes him to an alternate universe called... The Negaverse. Enter the Negaverse. Enter the Negaverse. The Negaverse. The Negaverse. The Negaverse. Okay, that's it. <laughs> All right, so we're here at the Negaverse. And basically the Negaverse is, think of your city in its prime. Grass is green, trees are growing, flowers are blooming. Windows are open. And now think of it as if World War Z or the zombie apocalypse struck. Or you're living in 2020. And basically, <laughs> it's the apocalypse. It's Resident <laughs> Evil. Like, it's, it's the end of days in the city. It's complete anarchy. The buildings are blown to heck. Yep. The, the roofs are torn off. Everything's crooked. It's... Um, it, it is like he said, like basically that world war Z has already come and gone and this is what's left. Exactly. Everything's dilapidated. The color scheme is very different. It's red and black and silver and kind of muted dark tones. And so Darkwing wakes up in this new universe and he first only thinks he bumped his head. He's like, well, this looks different. I must've bumped my head. So he starts walking home through this completely torn out city that should have been his original city, just thinking he bumped his head. So then Negaduck comes through the portal to come catch Darkwing, because Darkwing's just completely oblivious, and they end up walking down the just opposite paths. So Darkwing gets home. We don't know right now where Negaduck goes. We flash back to Darkwing in his home. He comes up through the same kind of secret passage in his recliner chair, and he's sitting there and he's like, what is going on? Everything's so dirty. Like, I, I thought I told Goslin to clean up. Like, what is this? He flips on the news 
to see the news basically running a news story saying Darkwing Duck is loose in our town and we have to catch him. And that wasn't good enough. And here's another point that I thought was a little bit extreme. So then Negaduck pushes the, the newscaster out of the way and he goes, if you find Darkwing Duck, you need to shoot him on sight. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. You need to skin him alive. No, 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 no. You need to light him on fire until he's burning ash. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there like, okay, I thought shoot him on sight was kind of extreme. But then yeah. like skinning him alive and lighting him on fire. I was like, this guy's, he really does not like Darkwing. Bro, I don't know how long you would last in the negaverse because that's how we roll up on <laughs> her. <laughs> well, apparently you skin people alive and light them on fire. Shoot them, skin them, light them on fire. <laughs> we have an expert, folks. We yeah, have a so, negaverse here. <laughs> <laughs> this is I've been to the negaverse. No, I um, I do think this is another example of how, in some instances, not all press is good press. That's very philosophical of you. Um, mm -hmm. My thought was that sort of thing would not have been said on a cartoon show after I don't know two thousand and one. Mm -hmm. ish um, most yeah. of the time it's like capture him and bring him in for questioning um, but no they went straight up to shoot on site which um, is a little bit harsher in my opinion not ever being in the negaverse I wouldn't know it lets you know right out like the stakes are high for Darkwing in this rather dangerous world he has entered and it's at this point that he finally realizes that his universe the negaverse is an alternative, alternate reality. Darkwing mm -hmm. finally realizes that it's the opposite world that he lives in. The color scheme, the crime versus what's good, what's bad, what, who's who. Because then at that point, Goslin enters the picture. He finally mm -hmm. sees the news. He's like, okay, I'll, it, I didn't bump my head. This is a different universe. Goslin comes in in a frou-frou pink dress. Super girly, super like, I want to pick up, I want to clean, I want to do good, blah, blah, blah. like the perfect polite girl that should be in the 90s. The girl archetype of what a good girl is. Right. If the regular Goslin in our universe is a tomboy bundled with chaos, yep. she is the exact opposite of that in the negaverse, but she's still good hearted. She's not a bad person. Exactly. So she she's very kind of little little bo peep in this new world. And Darkwing's like, okay, this definitely is weird. This is not normal. And then come in Launchpad, who busts in, and now he's like a huge brute, like leather jacket, spikes, scruff on his beak, just like this like rough and tumble, like you want to yeah. fight kind of guy. Like he's very like Almost like biker gang of the 90s when you would think of a 90s biker gang. I agree. I thought I, I got a, a very vibe between Launchpad and the other characters that were his friends in the regular universe. Like they had a strong Mad Max influence to me, like straight out of the classic Mel Gibson, Mel, uh, Mad Max and the Thunderdome yep. vibe. Uh, so that's kind of imagine if you haven't watched it yet, imagine that's kind of what they've all transformed into in the negaverse and they're not so nice because i mean launchpad's basically there to try to 
like kill him, right? Yeah, no, literally two seconds later, he realizes, hey, this is Darkwing Duck. I need to kill him. Whips out a bazooka and tries to shoot him. So Darkwing runs away with Goslin and they run to the Muddlefoots, their neighbors, and are like, we need to be safe. We need to hide. Find out that these happy-go-lucky, you know, the big jolly man and his wife who were all accommodating and super friendly, they burst through the door and are like, Again, almost like Launchpad, like they're part of this Mad Max universe, this angry biker gang of like, you want to fight, like, like, let's go. Mm -hmm. Um, The Thunderdome, like you explained, very much how they are because they, for some reason, they don't recognize it's Darkwing. The wife even makes a comment like, ooh, I love your new color scheme, but they don't recognize it's him. Yeah, they all think he's Negaduck, which is funny because they do look almost exactly alike except for a couple colors yep the colors and then like the little the eye thing is black versus purple but everything else is literally the same so they're like hey we're having a barbecue we're having that birthday party we were talking about in the other universe it's happening at the same time so we get this kind of like reference of time so not only are they opposite universe but they kind of travel along the same timeline to an extent And so they bring him out into their barbecue backyard for honkers. And this backyard is like, first of all, it looked like a sacrificial pit because they have volcanoes. Then they have these like three shrunken duck heads hanging. And then they got honkers in a little yellow jacket in this huge spiked throne chair. And my first impression when I saw little honkers and how angry he was and how he was sitting there... He definitely gave me, like, a miniature Hitler vibe. Like, he was, like, a dictator, ran the show, his parents listened to him, he would kill anyone who defied him kind of feeling. Yeah, he, he made a very good uh, bizarro version of Honker. I mean, this is a play off of kind of bizarro Superman from the classic, like, Superman comics where everything is the opposite. And Honker is so sweet and nerdy and nice in the regular world. And he is really the opposite of that in this world. Total in every opposite. Way. And he actually is the one who registers, hey, this is Darkwing, not Negaduck. Uh-huh. Let's and so get the in. parents are like, well, we're going to kill him. And how do they want to kill him? They're just going to cook him. They're going to put him on the barbecue. Mm-hmm. So that's it's, when... It's like a giant barbecue, right? It's huge. Everything in their backyard is just huge. Yeah, and they have like a huge large. spatula. They're like prepared to cook him. Like mm-hmm. they knew it was coming. I don't know. But um, at that point, Darkwing's about to get killed. Swoop in this huge cloud of who knows who at this point to save Darkwing. The fearsome four from the universe are actually coming to take Darkwing away from the Muddlefoot. So they swoop in and snatch him. Because in this universe, they're the opposite of the fearsome four and they're called... The Friendly Four. Friendly Four! So right when they get to their new little area, Darkwing's ready to fight because he sees them all. And this is one weird thing. Everybody has like an alter ego, Mm -hmm. but I didn't see a difference in how any of the four looked between the fearsome and the friendly. I completely agree. They needed to invert all their colors from the regular universe to whatever the opposite is. You know, if the one guy is all blue, make him all whatever uh, yellow yep. or something 
it, they were identical to their regular selves. So you could understand Darkwing's confusion because everybody else up until now has been physically the opposite of their normal selves. But the fierce, the friendly four looks just like the fearsome four. Yeah, no, they look exactly the same. So if I were Darkwing, I would act the same way. He was ready to kind of fight them, battle, like get away from them. When they divulged to him, like, no, we're against Negaduck. We're here to help you. Like, we want to show you that we're here to, you know, be your friend and help you out. And so eventually Darkwing's like, okay, this could be a good thing. Have some allies, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's at the point where Negaduck bursts through their secret hideout, not so secret. And he's with the Muddlefoots again. And basically he captures all of them. So he captures the friendly four and Darkwing, and he brings them to the, his lair, where he has now trapped the friendly four in this like glass tube, and he's like, "You guys are a bunch of losers. You'll never know how to figure out how getting how to get out of a glass tube," which I thought was also kind of witty because he thought they were so stupid, and then he had a reference like, "You're in a glass tube. You're too dumb to get out." And from there, he places Darkwing on this table, straps him in huge mallet hanging from the ceiling with a rope with one of those giant iconic kind of moon-shaped blades slowly cutting closer and closer to the rope and letting it basically slowly know that once it cuts through the rope that hammer is going to come down and Darkwing's going to die. So we are literally left hanging by a thread as that blade cuts closer and closer the friendly four are caught in that glass cabinet, or glass case of emotion as I like to call it, and Darkwing is strapped to a table about to get smashed, and we don't know what's going to happen, but we will when we come back and Cord takes over letting us know Darkwing's fate. What a teaser! <laughs> we'll be right back! Okay, ladies and gentlemen, strap in, sit down. Here we go. We're going to blast through the rest of the episode, part two of the episode, if you will. And then we're going to wrap things up, some takeaways, some key points, some thoughts, some ratings, maybe not an agreement on how good of an episode this was between your two hosts here. Uh, what, what, where Caitlin left you off, Darkween is, is, is facing his impending doom in front of his now friends, the friendly four as this, uh, this thing's about to cut the rope and the mallet's going to smash him. And of course, luckily, I think it's Cracker Jack, your boy, Cracker Jack, uh, or is it Quacker Jack, um, happens to have an extra set of those teeth, winds him up and, and um, sends him through the glass, thereby freeing, you know, everybody. And they can then free Darkwing and, okay, here we go. We're, we're on the run. We're, we're uh, good to go here. So now it's time to regroup, and they come up with a new plan. You know, last time, what you saw in the regular universe was Darkwing popping in on the bad guys, showing yep. up unexpectedly. Well, we're in the Negaverse now, my friends. Whoa. And so while Darkwing's with his little crew trying to come up with a plan, you know, what are we going to do? The opposite happens, and Negaduck pops up. I thought that was a great, like, you know, truly in the opposite world, this is what would happen. And Negaduck pops in, he's got his gang, uh, what would have been the good guys in the regular verse, or the bad guys over here, the yep. bad launch pad, the bad 
uh, Muddlefoots, and th- then naturally the battle ensues. You know, and the, re- the the second half of this episode is very action packed. It's fast paced, um, so there won't be a whole lot for us to cover because it's like here they are, you know, f- having this epic fight. Yep. Generally, I would say if if there was kind of a winner of the fight, it seemed like Darkwing and the Friendly Four were pretty much cleaning up like there you know the bad guys got a couple punches in here and there but overall wouldn't you say that Darkwing and his team were were generally winning that fight I would and do you think that's also a play on the fact that it's the negaverse because usually the bad guys in the real universe would always lose but they did really well on stopping the quote-unquote bad guys in the negaverse they yeah they came out on top which isn't Mm -hmm. what you would normally see which I think is also a play on the whole negaverse right there. So I definitely would agree with you. Yeah, it, it turns that traditional trope on its head because we're in the negaverse. Uh, so Darkwing and his team, they're kicking butt. And Negaduck sees where this is going. And when he realizes he's going to lose this fight, he knows it's time to get the heck out of here. And he actually escapes by jumping in the cake at the bakery. And this is where this fight is taking place. Darkwing for a moment has a conflict of should I go or should I stay here and try to help the goslin of this universe? I have some affection for her. She's very sweet. But he sees that she's in good hands with the friendly four. I mean, he's known them for an entire 12 hours, so why not leave a little girl (laughs) with them? They're totally safe then. (laughs) I'm sure they're that's going to turn out fine for her. So he he goes ahead and says, okay, see you later then jumps in the cake to pursue Negaduck. And there's another battle, essentially, between Negaduck and Darkwing in the interdimensional uh, portal that they use to get between the Negaverse and the regular universe. Um, While in there, Negaduck warns Darkwing, don't pull this plug. It'll destroy this gateway and possibly destroy us in the process. But... Darkwing doesn't want to let Negaduck get away and continue to kind of enact his evil plans and what have you. So thinking he's kind of sacrificing himself, I think, in the process, he pulls the plug and kind of collapses this gateway in on itself. Um, Luckily, thanks to his quick reflexes and there's those superhero skills that he does possess and once in a while actually uses, um, he's able to get to the little gateway that pops him back into the regular universe Flash forward, he is um, he's he's back at the party, and now that he's back and he's seen the negaverse version of this backyard party, his perspective is completely flipped. And what was once the the I I hate this place. This is w- terrible. He realized this is actually wonderful. And this backyard party with friends, with kids, with cakes, with drinks, with burgers on the grill, this is paradise. Enjoy this. Yep. And that was kind of his 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 final moment takeaway when he says, instead of, I hate the Muddlefoots, he concludes the episode by smiling and saying, I love the Muddlefoots. And end scene. Exactly. That's how we wrap this sucker up. Um, some good lessons there, some more obvious than others. Um, Kaylin, I'm curious to hear from you. Did you like this episode? Why or why not? 
So this might be would err on the side the level of kind of and puns and like were really difficult to find and it felt very isolated in its own episode. Um, it didn't feel like there was enough of one direction for me to feel like I was really engaged fully or being able to really enjoy it as much as I did with the other episodes, which are very focused on one main villain. So they're really able to dive into those 90s jokes related directly to whatever that supervillain's power is. So I wasn't blown away. Obviously, I liked the episode. I liked them all. Um, however, comparatively, I would probably place it as one of my lower, lower end episodes at this time. Score on one to ten. Where are you going to put this one? I use decimals. It, I would give it a solid four point two. Okay, we're going to have a disagreement here, folks. First time ever, we're going to be on different ends of the spectrum. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. I really liked the the easy lesson of the episode, which is kind of. You know, just appreciate what you have. And when you've got your friends, your family, you're at that backyard barbecue, those are the moments to sit back and enjoy and actually relish in them and not be thinking about the work or the other things that you could be doing or need to be doing or what, you know, the football game you wish you were watching or whatever it is that pulls you away from that moment. Take it all in. Enjoy it. It's not going to be there forever. You know, that's the easy lesson of this episode. And I love that lesson. I think it's a great thing to teach these kids. Hopefully it stays with them as they watch it or a refresher for us adults. One. Two. I love Negaduck. I mean, what an interesting villain. You take Darkwing Duck. You keep a lot of his personality traits, mm -hmm. right? Arrogance, kind of cockiness, clumsiness too at the same time, like gets it wrong a lot. Um, but then just make him evil. You know, and that's just a cool villain. He looks just like Darkwing, and um, he's he's physically identical except for a couple colors. He's kind of the yep. opposite in colors. Just a cool villain, and that is he is the star. You really get to see his paradise in this episode, which is the Negaverse, it seems. And that's just a fun way to experience that villain. Clearly, I would say the main villain of the Darkwing series is Negaduck, because for all of us, our worst enemy is often ourselves, which leads me into some of the philosophical tones I was picking up from this episode and maybe other episodes that include Negaduck that I haven't watched any recently. Here's some things that I took away. I think it's a particularly deep episode is the character Negaduck represents the dark side to all of us. Darkwing, instead of just enjoying that time in paradise with family and friends, he goes off in search mm. of his dark side and he finds it. And this is something we can all do sometimes. And we often live to regret it, as I think Darkwing did in this episode. This leads him to a truly chaotic world full of misery and death and what was once good and pure is now corrupt and evil. His own selfish desire to pursue negative behaviors, thoughts, ideas has led him here 
to this place. Yes, the villains threw him in the cake, but he literally delivered himself to their hands. While we're there, we learn that there's maybe a dark side to everyone, exception here being Goslin. She represents those that are purely good. They're the exception. There's very few of these people in the world, but they do exist. And everyone else, basically the 99 of us percent, has that capacity of a dark side, of an evil act, of a bad deed. And we also learn um, that those that are seemingly bad guys have another side to them. Mm -hmm. In the Negaverse, they have a good side of them. So even those that maybe we chalk off as a bad guy, criminal, a drug dealer, you know, whatever, what is that guy like when he's with his nephew? Or that girl like when she's with her son? Maybe there's a good side to people we like to put into these categories as truly bad all the time. So it really flips these things on their heads a little bit and makes you think there's another side to this coin. We also learn um, that through accepting that he was wrong to push his own selfish desires first and, and try to work on his own, leaving his friends behind back at the barbecue, by working with friends and accepting their help, he's able to overcome and redeem the bad decision that he made that led him here in the first place into this negative world of chaos. And in the final fight between him and his evil self, Negaduck, results in him literally trying to destroy the gateway to the universe, the path that led him here. And it's not easy, it's hard, and it's a struggle. And he's partially successful, at least for the time being. Yep. He overcomes his negative self and the negative world that he had created, but it's still out there. Negaduck escapes, which means there's always the possibility that he'll find himself back face-to-face -face with that negative self again. But for now, he's awoken to realize that this orderly, safe, and secure universe is actually the paradise that he couldn't see it for before. It's only when we lose something we truly realize how wonderful it is in the first place. So, he concludes the episode by saying, you know, instead of I hate the, Mallor the uh, Muddlefoots, I love the Muddlefoots. And for that, to me, it wraps up what I think was a beautiful theme to an episode maybe much deeper than even the writers intended. But that's my takeaway, and that's why this one, to me, is a 9.5. Jeez. Yeah, I would not have expected anything less. Um, you definitely went deeper. Um, I was eating the frosting, and you dove right into the cake. Um, <laughs> if you ate the Dunkaroo frosting, yes. I had the Dunkaroo cookies. Exactly. Exactly. No, you definitely dove in there. Um, I loved your analysis. I thought it made a lot of sense. Um, and I hope that anybody else who watches can now see those dichotomies between the universes. I want to know their thoughts on it. Maybe they'll agree with you. Maybe they'll agree with me. I'm excited to see where the cookie crumbles at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, I would love it if, uh, if we hear from you. So we will go ahead and make sure that we get a uh, Twitter account set up so you can tweet these things out if, if that's easier. 
Uh, so just look for you know Saturday cartoons. You'll find us pretty easy. And then you can always email us. I'm not going to say the address again for the hundredth time. You guys know it by now. I'm just going to let you fill in the blank. But that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. Let's not tell them what the next series is going to be, but let's tease it a little bit. Shall we? I think that would be a good idea. So we are no longer, we're taking a break. I shouldn't say no longer, but we are taking a break from Darkwing Duck. And we are going to dive into a new 90s cartoon to cover for, of, I think on average, we're going to do about five episodes at a time per show. Maybe more, maybe less, depending on um, how things play out. Um, but with that being said, our next show that we're going to cover, I'm trying to think of a good hint. Here's, here's how I would hint it. <clears throat> this series that we're going to cover next actually includes a character from the series we've been covering so far. That's what you call a crossover in the movie and TV industry. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Or a cameo. One um, of the two. I like I like both. Like where you merge them, like when there was that Muppets and Fraggle Christmas special where the two mm -hmm. worlds came together. We're basically yeah. doing that. Crossover. Yeah, I watched an episode of Friends and George Clooney was in it while ER was on and popular. Crossover. Yeah, you got Crossover. it. We're crossing them over, folks. We are doing a crossover. And if you want to know what that crossover is... You're going to have to tune in next week when we cover our new series. I'm going to have an object next week that Cord doesn't know about. So if you're ready to travel down memory lane for that 90s nostalgia, please tune in. Again, if you have any questions, comments, reviews, please let us know. I'll go ahead and say it. Email us at SaturdayCartoonsPod at gmail.com. We he said it. <laughs> I said it. We have an email. I would love to hear from you. We would love to know what you're looking for, what you, what your thoughts are on the episode. Um, if you agree with me, email us. If you don't, don't email us. So that way we know that I'm right. So anyway, um, before we let you go, Cord, do you have any final words before we just say see you till next Sun Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> Sunday morning cartoon. Sunday um, morning. We're switching days. We should change it up. We can do a Sunday morning podcast too. Talk about church and stuff. Yeah, taking you um, to church. That, that would have a different feel. Uh, just thanks for coming on the ride with us, folks. Again, this week, we try to make it better every week. Tune in next week. We're, we'll be um, jumping into a whole new series. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. You're going to want to be there for the first episode of a whole new arc we're going to get into. It's going to be wild. Um, we hope that you can continue to kind of come for an hour, escape from all the troubles of the world, and just kind of go someplace fun with us and experience a little glimpse of what it was like back in the Saturday mornings of the 90s. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you next week. See you all later. I hate my neighbor, but I'm hanging out with them.